I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello everyone and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure, a podcast all about kids and how positive education and conscious parenting can impact their entire life as well as society. I am your host Julie and each Thursday we are having conversations with guests on different themes and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view and learn in a non-judgmental way. Today we are welcoming Samantha, a coach who can help you bring your life together. I learned so much from this podcast. It will definitely be useful for parents and future parents, but it is really for everyone, as Sam explains how to build confidence and self-esteem. It starts with making the necessary changes to your mindset and spot the clues that will guide you on this journey. It will inspire you to put in place a body system teach you why you lose your temper sometimes and how to raise your self-awareness. What do you want the world that you are creating to look like? How to use the way you feel as a check-in? I would encourage you to take some notes as Sam runs us through a couple of very useful exercises. So let us know how you get on by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or you can also find The Bubbling Adventure on Instagram. If you like this type of content, you should definitely subscribe as there is a new episode every Thursday morning. But without further ado, let's begin. Hi, Samantha. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very good. Happy to have you on today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting me. It's very exciting. Of course. So could you please tell us more about yourself, like introduce what you do? Yes, absolutely. So I'm Samantha Delakia. I am the founding director of SPD, Tuition and Coaching. I work with mums predominantly, although I do work with dads as well and carers. And I work with children in schools and nurseries. And the reason I do the whole shebang, if you like, all of them, is because 
I love to work with big humans and small humans. I was a teacher for about 15 years and then mm. um, a deputy head and an educational consultant. So I spent a long time working with children and families in the, in the education system. And I have done so much work in the classroom in terms of academic you know, teaching and, and that sort of lovely stuff. But when I really started to look at the differences in the children's ability it was so much to do with confidence and self-esteem and how much resilience they had and it started to make me question (laughs) a lot of what we do in the classroom and a lot of what we do as parents so when I started to do teacher training and things like that I certified as an executive coach and mentor and kind of stepped out of the education role with that hat and really started to hone in on how the brain works and how the mind works. I did NLP training and and kind of looked at the science behind the behaviours that we were seeing in in the classroom and the behaviours that we were seeing with parents as well, because they're very linked. So I, I looked at that a lot and really wanted to make some shifts there because the outcome of what I was doing in schools was incredible Um, when I started to work with children from a slightly different perspective if you like looking at not what they were giving me (laughs) but what we were giving them and how they were processing it and how they were working through it so it, it really did make a huge shift to to what we were seeing in terms of ability and what they were able to do and from there I decided to take a step out I had a huge life change myself halfway through that of course I became a mum which Mm. was was an interesting uh, life change because I then had a whole new perspective to to be working with but that was I suppose the tipping point for me really going all in on working with with parents as well so I, mm. I love what I do, as you can probably hear. I'm super passionate yes. <laughs> about, about working with, with, with humans, all humans. And now we've just launched our Mamichi services. So we've, we're keeping the SPD brand and we're keeping all this lovely stuff that we do with local authorities and schools and nurseries and things. But we are really, really working now with that whole 360 of mum or parent life so that we can make the changes that we need to at home because it all starts at home for us and for our children whether we want to work in you know an industry that we love or whether we're going to work and we, we aren't loving it whether we're you know going to school and not loving it everything is internal everything comes from us um, I'm a huge huge advocate of of mindset work and one of the things that I really do within the Mamichi services is work with that inner environment and I I kind of talk about two environments the exterior and the interior and I think that huge shift that we make inside can literally change the world we live in for ourselves because we can't change it for anyone else (laughs) they have to do that for themselves Uh, we can help them along the way but that internal shift is is where I want to to really focus on with the Mamichi services so that's super exciting stepping into the new year with our new services (laughs) right we will put the link in the description box uh, so you were talking right. about, you know, you noticed a lot of things about self-esteem in general to kids, to adults. What are the things that you noticed that needed a change? Because you said that you had some great, you know, results in the school and so on. Yeah. Are there some specific points where you're like, why are we doing that? Can you please tell us a little bit more of, about your observation? 
Yeah, absolutely. So thinking about the, I mean, particularly the children and, and the, the mums that I worked with during the initial startup of this, there was a lot to do with the language that we use. And if we think about our brain and how we interpret the world, we do that through our senses, don't we? And a lot of what we were seeing with the children in those initial programs and, and obviously subsequent programs was the language they used about themselves or the work or the environment or their parents. And, and the same with the grown-ups that we worked with and the teachers had a massive impact on how they responded to things. So it sounds a bit like a, a research model, doesn't it? <laughs> Um, no, it's, it's it very kind of is. Life, is, life is exactly that it's all a social experiment but when we worked with with the, the first cohort of children in the the particular setup that we had we did find that changing the language that they used about themselves and the language that they used about the work and things had a massive impact on what they thought they could achieve and the kind of science behind that the psychology behind that was really about the part of the brain that does the processing for language so if we are having a conversation like you and I are now or kind of having a conversation with someone else in the world, big humans and small, we all work the same. One of the parts of the brain that really kicks in is our kind of safety aspect, you know, that kind of is this a, a friend or is this a threat? How am I gauging that? And how how we kind of choose to talk and deliver and communicate with each other can really set off I guess that that safety mode in our brains and one of the things that I really found fascinating and still find so fascinating is how you know tone and pitch and speed of, of how we talk really kind of flashes up that kind of that flag for our brain that says okay this this is you know we need fight flight or, or freeze mode here because this is not mm-hmm. safe um, and actually our children are, are working in in that mode for a lot of their day whether it's at home or at school because a lot of the way we communicate isn't necessarily in a calm way because we all kind of are on high alert quite a lot of the time and I think that having that change really made a massive impact because for them they're just bringing down that alarm level you know Mm -hmm. the the part of the brain is called the amygdala that really kind of sets that off and what, what I really practice with them is kind of bringing down their speed of which they were talking, bringing down the word choices. You know, we, we did an activity. One of the activities was to write down what they believed about themselves to what they believed mm. about the work, what they believed. And obviously there's a lot of kind of work around self-belief and things like that. But the words that they chose were the key to making that change because then we were able to change those words for them and they were practicing it you know I always say practice never wakes perfect because perfect doesn't exist this is different for everyone but it does make progress and our brains love progress so Mm -hmm. keep practicing it and it, it works so what the children were doing was they were they were practicing those new words and they were practicing a new speed and if they were catching each other and I set up like a buddy system in the schools and I do this with with um with families as well the buddy system is basically where they catch each other in action <laughs> mm-hmm. and they say oh slow down you know that you're, you're speaking really quickly at the moment and you're going to set my amygdala off you're going to set my brain off you know um, and they kind of check in with each other we I do that in my family programs as well as the school ones because it makes a real difference to what our brain feels at that time you know the emotions it creates so that was I suppose one of the biggest things that impacted the outcomes there was how 
we are communicating. And it's certainly something that I'm doing a lot of teacher training on at the moment is how we, I suppose, discipline and how we react in the classroom or at home with parents and we're doing the same work there but how we give instructions and things like that because it depends on how the brain receives those things as to what behavior you're going to get met with <laughs> and it's the same with all of us how many of us lose our our temper in the cars you know and it's it's that amygdala that kicks in and says right this is a threat you know and I'm going to scream at this person that's going too fast or too slow or, <laughs> or not doing what I want them to do but it's all very much connected it is and I guess well obviously it starts at childhood and the more you go on like this then you know it's it's harder to to change that like thought pattern and so on Mm -hmm. and so obviously kids model what they see from their parents so is that why you're also doing the work with parents uh, for your coaching then absolutely absolutely they literally see and then do And it's one of the the teaching models that I love the most is, you know, let me show you, let me do it with you and then let you do it yourself. You know, it's it's a great teaching strategy. However, sometimes what we teach our children isn't necessarily conscious. We teach it without realizing it. And then we're met with the outcomes, but we don't know they're coming. (laughs) We're not prepared for those outcomes because we didn't know we taught that in the first place. And so a lot of the the work I do with families is exactly around that. You know, it's kind of what are your what are your daily habits what are the things you're doing without choosing on purpose you know what are you not doing with with purpose and and deliberately what are you then being met with by your children that you're struggling with because they're very connected and if we shift that you know back into that internal environment if we make that shift there then what we're met with is is always different and i think a lot of it is about reaction and response isn't it it's about kind of stepping away um, I know that, you know, through my teaching years, my kind of reflection was my class. You could walk into my classroom and know if I was having a great day or if I was not, because my children would reflect that back to me. You know, my I, I'm a very bouncy person, as I'm sure you can probably tell. I'm quite full of energy. <laughs> um, yes. So my classes were always really lively. You know, the the teachers that got my year group would always, you know, like, oh, you know, the Sam's classes are, are so fun because they were always really bubbly classrooms because I'm so kind of, you know, full mm-hmm. of energy. I love it. Whereas you could go into my classroom when I was exhausted or where I was having a, a down day, you know, a human day. <laughs> and you would be able to literally see the difference in my children. They'd be like, oh, you know, people with my, my teaching assistant would always say I could, that she could tell if I'd had a terrible night's sleep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because my children would be way quieter. So and the than kids on the days can I had a good night. As well, right? Like we as kids would be like, oh, today they're not in a good mood you know like when we get into a classroom we would yeah, definitely absolutely. be able to tell us all it's crazy you know it's so funny one day I had a little boy in my class and it was a year three class and I had just finished teaching and I wasn't even aware that I was quieter than usual because I had literally just you know tunnel visioned the session and he came up afterwards and he was rubbing my back and I said to him, I said, oh, that's nice. And he said, I think you're tired, miss. Oh. <laughs> and, back. And, then he, and I said, oh, that's very sweet of you. Thank you. And he kind of went back and sat down. But it is absolutely that they, you know, they just notice, don't they? They, they notice. I think we very forget perceptive, yeah. that they're human. That's cute. That's very cute. But so, yeah, it starts with the self-awareness, I guess, mm. uh, as you were mentioning. So 
how can one become more self-aware like do you have to write a little bit all the steps that you do during your day to be more aware of it or how how would you advise a parent for example to to notice things that they are doing without thinking <laughs> I think the first thing is to know what you want to be and what you want to to show up in the world as and I think that's for anyone you know parents or, or anyone I always one of the things that I get my clients to do is to make a list of the words they would love people to use to describe them and and go from there because if they want to be seen in a certain way by those around them, those they love, and they want to show up in that way for themselves, they need to know what that way is. So, for example, one of the things that I, I wanted for myself was to be confident, was to be kind, to be caring, to be energetic, to be focused, you know, and I had this whole list and I obviously I. I practice what I preach, as they say. I, I do this work on myself all the time because you can't just do it once and that's it. <laughs> it's an ongoing thing. But you make that list and then you think, okay, what, what am I doing now? Or what am I, what would they describe me as now? And then, I mean, this is a really kind of interesting one because you can then start to see major differences, especially if it's the first time you've done it. If it's something that you've done a few times, the, the differences start to lessen, you know, you start to mm -hmm. see the, the connection between those two lists. But initially you might look at your two lists and think, wow, I'm so far removed from what I want to be right now. And I think that's a great noticing. It's a great moment because you can then start to think, right, I'm going to change one thing at a time because if you change everything, you can't sustain them. So I'm going to change one thing at a time. This week I'm going to work on, or this today I'm going to work on. And then from there, you can really start to make those shifts. You can start to, to start understanding yourself a bit more. But I think the, the main thing that I always, always say to myself and to others is, is to do it from a place of love. Because too often, you know, one of the things that I've, I've worked on with, with some of the mums I see is, is weight loss, especially after having, having baby, body changes mm -hmm. hugely. And there are a lot of words that people use for their bodies at, at that point that are not from a place of love. They're not from mm -hmm. a place of, of kindness and well-being. They're from a place of, you know, maybe dislike or, or hate in some instances. They, they might hate the changes they've, they've experienced. And I think neutralizing those thoughts and neutralizing what those are back to language, aren't we? We're back to words, but neutralizing those words and those phrases that you're using about yourself as you currently are is a really great bridge to becoming what you want to be. Hmm, that makes sense. I really like this. I think, well, obviously this is good for, for parents, but for everyone really. Yeah. And I think it's also good because well, we were talking a little bit before we started, but like time is going so fast. Mm -hmm. So you kind of don't want to waste these years, you know, if this is truly how you want people to see you and remember you by and so and so on, you need to take action. And it's don't great wait to... Don't wait No. <laughs> and it's great to, to at least be aware of, you know, like this is where my life is heading right now if I don't change anything and this is where I would like it to go and now I need to adjust so that you know it definitely goes there that completely makes sense one of the things that is really really good to use as a check-in is the, the way you feel and I know that lots of us spend a lot of time kind of buffering or 
trying to get rid of negative emotions but actually they're really you should embrace them because they're really important signposts for your life so I don't drink anymore I used to used to drink and I made the kind of conscious decision that I didn't want to drink anymore and one of the reasons was I didn't like the way it made me feel I didn't like the mm. feelings that I was getting afterwards the signpost for me was well that wasn't a great experience because now you're really anxious you know and that anxiety that I would receive kind of from the world after gone out and you know <laughs> had, a, had a party that feeling for me was a signpost that wasn't the right thing for me you know and that, that's not to say that I'm like go out and stop drinking everyone that's not at all I, I still love watching all my friends have their cocktails and things you know that's great <laughs> but it just was my signpost that I wanted to make a change there so using the emotions that we experience to to guide us and rather than kind of push them away is a really a really good I suppose tip or you know trick mm -hmm. of of a life hack if you like yeah. um because it really does show you what you're what you're enjoying and what you're not um exactly. there is no way to be happy all of the time <laughs> uh, you don't you don't want to be happy all the time because it wouldn't be happiness if you were but in terms of those other emotions having that right okay so I did that I felt like this mm -hmm. yay or nay am, am I going down there do I want that road or do I want to switch how would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
Exactly. And it helps, you know, making the decision next time, because for example, it's the same last time we ordered a burger and fries, which, you know, it's like, it's fine. Like we do that often and honestly felt like so sluggish and not like, not in a good place. And even on the next day felt very heavy. My face was puffy, you know, from all the salt, like not. And now every time we feel like we want a burger we're like well remember exactly what it made like it's important to as you said you know listen to the negative feelings because if you every time you you just like wave it out then you're not gonna learn but we were like okay how you feel I feel disgusting I feel like you know greasy and I feel sluggish like you know I feel puffy so these are the things you really need to remember so the next time you're able to make the best decision and honestly I feel better now and it has nothing to do with weight gain or anything at all it was more yeah. my energy levels and mm-hmm. how I wasn't able to focus how I would it just felt like not myself yeah. that's a really interesting thing that you're saying about how you kind of were you how you felt after that burger now sometimes it's like we weigh it up you know you're like oh okay shall I I'm gonna have that drink and the following day I'm just gonna you know veg out at home or I'm going to have that burger I know I'm going to have no energy afterwards so I'm just going to go home and have a nap <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and you might weigh that up and that's good for you and you're happy you've made that decision on purpose because you you know you've decided to do that ahead of time but it's a really interesting thing because that's something that I've talked to parents a lot about with children in terms of fueling bodies you know you were talking about your your kind of energy levels after your burger the amount of children I've I've kind of worked with that have had really high sugary breakfasts or no mm-hmm. breakfast or they're packed lunches you look in their packed lunches and you're like oh okay that's going to crash that child's going to crash at around like 2 30 <laughs> and they're going to need another pickup because that that's full of sugar and and you know there's kind of there's the conscious choices that we make as parents that have a huge impact on our children that again sometimes we don't we don't realize um, I know there's all that kind of, you know, if you give your, your children sugar, it has a huge impact on their behavior, you know, and there's been a lot of studies that have completely crushed that um, mm-hmm. as, a, as an argument. But actually, it does affect the way our bodies work, doesn't it? You know, mm-hmm. what we fuel our bodies with, whether it's we're fueling it with words, we're fueling it with energy or kind of food and, and fuel or we're, we're fueling it with emotion. But whatever we're putting in, it does have an out. It, it does show up somewhere. Of course, if it impacts you as an adult, imagine on a tiny human. Some kids, you know, some are going to say that they have ADHD. A lot of them do. But like, yeah, as you say, knowing what's going on about like at home, food, so on. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it's very important. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. And I think it's really interesting, obviously, kind of over the years, I've, I've worked with lots of labels <laughs> with children that have got lots of lots of different labels attached to them. I always find it interesting that the way we label, you know, a disorder or a deficit, what impact does that word have when a child gets to realise that, oh, I've got a disorder, or, you know, I'm, no, it's I'm, I've got this deficit, you know, the, the way we choose the language there, I find really interesting, mm-hmm. because actually, that's something that, again, reinforces so many beliefs about themselves. A lot of the children that schools ask me to work with have difficulties staying in the classroom, 
because you know and when I ask the children it's because oh it's because I've got ADHD or it's because I've got this it's because I've got that and I just ask them a couple of questions you know things like what would make you stay in why would you stay in and they can list you how to keep them in they can tell you but Mm. we don't ask them how how to keep them in (laughs) you know we don't ask Mm. them what they want in the classroom we tell them what we think they need to know but working with big humans and small humans you have to give people what they want in order to give them what they need you can't (laughs) you can't give them what they need without giving them what they want at the same time or something thereabouts because you you lose them ahead of time don't you no for sure and I always take the example of my of my brother because he's dyspraxic and is also called high potential however this never really sank in like you tend to focus on the negative so for him, obviously now it's fine, but at the beginning when he was diagnosed, it took us some time to see how much, you know, he really just thought it was dumb. That's what he thought. And it's horrible. We're like, no, no, of course not. Like this is going to help you. Like also being diagnosed really had a, a positive effect on him. And it just took some time for him to, you know, understand but it was definitely a blessing to be diagnosed however you tend to you know high potential can be seen as such a positive thing but you tend to focus on the negative part our brains are uh, <laughs> keep going on about the brain sorry guys yeah. um, but our brains are actually five times more likely to find the negative because of that safety mode so if we give our children a compliment alongside something else alongside a, a, a pull down if you like they are going to focus on that pull down they are never mm-hmm. going to focus on that compliment and it is because our brain is okay so that's the thing that we need to that's that's the threat that's the the issue focus on the issue keep us safe you know and it our brains will always do that so it is about practicing changing that on a daily mm-hmm. basis for our children as parents or for our children as teachers or you know whatever our role is and for ourselves because how often do we say something negative about ourselves to ourselves I always say to everyone you know would you say that to your best friend (laughs) if you want to say it to your best friend don't say it to yourself and it is it is a a huge part of of how we show up isn't it those kind of those focuses on on that negative Mm -hmm. I remember in school we were learning how to use the sandwich method so one positive thing, one compliment, then one thing they can work on and then another positive to wrap it up because even if you still tend to focus on the middle part, it's still a bit easier to digest because you have more positive than negative and it's at the beginning and at the end. So I think it's a good way as well to, because yeah. of course you still need to give negative feedback, like they're going to receive it. So they need to also learn how to deal with it and so on. But I think if more people know also how to deliver feedback, then it's probably helpful. <laughs> Absolutely. I always say there's no such thing as negative feedback. There's only there's only moving forwards. Whereas like mm-hmm. forwards feedback, you know, you can mm-hmm. only take what someone thinks and work with it. You can't you can't change what they think. And there'll always be things to work on. If we if we stop working on things, we stop moving forwards. And that's a terrible exactly. place to be. <laughs> I have children come in some of the sessions you say oh you know I'm so I'm so bored and you'll ask them why they're bored and they'll say oh you know the work's too easy and things like that and I always say or you know 
I always say to them that if it's easy, they already know it. So they need to be doing something else. Or if they say something's too hard, you know, it's like, well, that's good because it means you haven't learned that yet. And it's always kind of a bit of a manch for, for us in, in my old, old classrooms, not now, um, used to be that anything's easy once you learn how. You can literally do anything. Mm-hmm. And it'd be easy. You just need to know how. And it's the knowing how that's the, the challenge. <laughs> it's the difficult bit. But I yeah, think with, this can with be applied feedback. to so many different things. Yeah. <laughs> I can think of it Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting we were saying about your brother. As I was growing up, I found reading, ironically, very difficult. I say ironically because I became a, a literacy consultant mm. <laughs> in schools, teaching, you know, teaching teachers how to teach literacy and reading. But I struggled hugely. And before I joined university, I was diagnosed with dyslexia and dyspraxia. And one of the universities that I went through my interview with, having been a nursery nurse and kind of taught in a Montessori setting beforehand, I went, you know, armed with my book of evidence and, you know, what I've been doing so far. And Mm -hmm. I got in there and had this interview with a lady and her feedback to me was, how did I think I could teach other people if I couldn't do something myself? Because obviously at the back of my folder was my diagnosis. And I came out of there and I thought, I don't want to go there. to that university I actually just wrote them an email a very well written email considering I had this new <laughs> this new diagnosis saying you know that I thought it was quite sad that her feedback was was based on that mm-hmm. and that I, I no longer wanted to attend they offered me an unconditional space at that university which I obviously politely declined but I thought it was really interesting because that was her immediate thing of all of the things I'd shown her that the, you know the pictures of the kids in my class classrooms and the outcomes I'd had as a nursery nurse because obviously teaching kind of the Montessori method is slightly different to teaching in a mainstream nursery or you know the kind of the standard approach and it was it was very different and at the time it was this is quite a few years ago as you can imagine at the time it was quite interesting for many of the other interviews Mm -hmm. interviewers that had seen it but yeah I I thought that was such an interesting perception that she had (laughs) straight away and it said a lot about her own her own inner thoughts mm-hmm. um, and I nowadays would love to have worked with her <laughs> and, and worked mm-hmm. on her language and, and the way that her work, her mind worked but it's very interesting that how we perceive things isn't it and that negative that that kind yeah. of because when you said that I was just thinking well of course you'll be better equipped to teach because you've struggled with it so you know what people might be struggling with and you're probably better at explaining than someone who's had it easy because that's the problem with a lot of for me was really math Uh, math was just torture for my (laughs) entire life Uh, but uh, challenge (laughs) let's talk that word out well I, I I did six years of forced one on one math classes every Friday afternoon and I still had five out of 20 at my final exam. So it, it was really just like time and money out the window. But I feel like there's only probably two teachers that I could understand something mm-hmm. <laughs> from what they were saying. It's because they weren't like, oh, it's easy. It's math. Like this is, you know, because it always came easy to them. They have no idea how to explain it. So there's only a handful of kids in the classroom actually following 
because it comes easy to them as well but for all the others we're like don't understand how you came from here and you get here like what's the what is going on yeah (laughs) exactly so that's why I think sometimes you know when you've had some struggles you can definitely use that so that the majority of people will be able to follow you and you at least are aware of the signs of people who are not understanding of you know because some kids also are just it's hard to know sometimes if they understand yes. or not so <laughs> no absolutely and they always say the growth is in the adversity you know the mm-hmm. the bit that we work on the bit that we have that challenge on that's where we grow that's where we develop that's where we you know push through and find new levels of ourselves I mean some of the most incredible and amazing teachers that I've followed you know Tony Robbins for mm-hmm. example you know his his story has been I've, I've recently done some training with him he's an incredible man gorgeous human being you know his story of of his adversity his challenge throughout his life you know is is incredible and we've all had our own life struggles our own challenges and, and pain points that we have worked through mm-hmm. and, and will continue to do so you know it's part of life it's part of what we do and, and as parents it's not necessarily about sharing everything with our children but it's certainly not about hiding those elements either you know we want our children to not welcome the the challenge or the pain but almost embrace the journey that they take Mm -hmm. us on because far too often we we try to mow the lawn you know that that lawnmower expression of of parents that kind of pave the way for their children so they don't have to you know climb over the the rocks and the the high grass but we want that for our kids so that they can learn and so that they can practice and build the skills that they need um Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily always a good thing to make their lives easy I was talking to a teen that I work with the other day and he was saying that he is the generation of now because they're so used to getting it now you know it's instant gratification and actually that's really interesting for them to recognize that and and I think that one of the things that we can do as parents is to set challenge is to appreciate challenge in front of them and if we're having a really tough day have a moan about it but then also take something from it you know what I've you know something went wrong wrong at work or something Mm I don't know the there's a leak in the, the roof or whatever happens you know <laughs> what are you going to take from that oh well the insurance will, <laughs> will pay we'll have a decorated ceiling or you know whatever it is there's always something that you can find mm-hmm. in that moment and I think practicing that in front of our kids and with our kids is a huge huge thing for for them as they grow and develop mm. yes I think as long as you're aware also of transferable skills then you're able to be like well, I'm dealing with that, but it's definitely going to be useful for any other, you know, it's fine. It it will be fine. I'm learning from it. That's great. I really like that. Is there any last advice that you would like to share? Oh, I feel like we've covered so much. um, It was so interesting. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I think so. I literally love this stuff. I think in terms of things for parents specifically, as I said before, you know, knowing who you want to be, I think just going back to, to that as a as a takeaway and kind of a, a little task for you guys to do, all your lovely listeners to do, because even if you're not a parent or, you know, and getting your kids to do the same, it could be a, a nice family activity is what do you want your family to be? You know, what do you want your, I do this with rulemaking at home, you know, setting kind of rules up as a family is a really great one. But what do you want 
the world that you are creating to look like and having that up somewhere for you and your kids to see your children to kind of acknowledge and to, to work with you on and I suppose allowing them to share their highs and lows I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was the lady that created Spanx. I'm so sorry, I've forgotten her name. I will look her up afterwards, but she's incredible. Mm. But she, I think it was her, that her dad used to say to her, what did you fail at today? Instead of saying what was went well, what did you fail at today? And they would celebrate the things that they had failed at because they were the things they were trying to do rather than the mm. things that they were succeeding in. Something I do a lot with parents is is focus on the encouragement rather than the praise and we do this trying to to make the shifts in schools as well because obviously praise is praising something that you can do or kind of you know the the outcome your your behavior which then creates the habit of pleasing or you know there's a a whole host of things that Mm. you can then start to see in your children and adults when you really focus on praising an outcome for sure when you look at encouragement and encouraging the journey or the the trying you know the effort and the other things that come before the outcomes you have a completely different sense of achievement at the end you don't need the stickers or the the whatever that you want to be giving at the end and it's the same for us as grown-ups the same for us as parents when you start to look at what you want to be and what you want to achieve having that encouragement and allowing our children to be on that journey with us, you know, to say to you, oh, mum, you're, you're shouting at me or oh, you're raising your voice right now. Can we, you know, can we come back to this? You know, I've worked with families before where, where teens and, and parents have, have clashed hugely and um, lots of, lots of that going on in the world because of where our brains are at in those early mm-hmm. teen years and later teen years, but having that, allowing for them to be human rather than I'm the adult you're the child kind of setup oh, yeah. um, is 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 a massive thing so taking that task away I suppose for your listeners to have that down what do you want to be what do you want what's the aim for you and your family right now because that's what you're going to be working on mm, I really like that I feel so motivated I'm like okay let's you go and do it I'm gonna do it yeah let's do it <laughs> perfect well thank you so much Samantha we will put all the links in the description box but thank you for sharing your wisdom and your positivity and motivation with us so yeah I really enjoyed it thank you so much thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for listening feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already. That's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.